Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy, Johnny G. Standing six foot two, three hundred and five pounds. He's working on it, folks. Uh, from the south shore of Nassau County, Long Island. It's all you gotta do is trust me. Jackson, Maine, what are you popping in here for? Abortion is healthcare. Yes, more topical than you is a reference. Fuck yeah. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, my nearly silent host, Arthur Gabris. That was a big time psych. I am not in the home studios. This is my first episode being recorded in the HeadGum Studios. All right, now this is exciting for me. Johnny G, this is the longest intro I've ever done for the podcast, but it's episode 420, and if it's your 420th episode, why not have Doug Benson? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm ready to match your energy. Yes, I figured. <laughs> in all my time of knowing you, that was what I would guarantee, is that you would come in hot. Classic Doug coming in hot. As we all do in the podcast world, I checked out your show for the first time today. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to just give a little listen to a, a few minutes of this. And I, I listened to that part uh, for a bunch of different guests, because I was like, oh, I'm just happy hearing this part because uh, I you know once the conversation gets going I get what's gonna I have an idea of what's gonna happen yeah there's not a lot to understand about this podcast yeah there's not there's no reason to do any uh, uh, you know research or uh, worrying about uh, you know what you're gonna talk about or <laughs> right, anything right. because it's just Especially with the topic that I asked you to come on and talk about. Right. Well, you know. You didn't need to stop and like Wikipedia sativa real quick. and just be like, all right, before I get out there, I got to make sure I got my facts straight. <laughs> well, it is funny that I did listen. I listened long enough to be, uh, you know, tricked by that uh, German character you had on oh, yeah. who was pro-Hitler. <laughs> and... Um, not so much tricked. It's just like, where is this going? Oh, okay, yes, <laughs> of course. That was the one At time we had. At least he a... decided not to do a Columbine bit. <laughs> 
uh, at least he went with Hitler. But um, I listened long enough to, uh, you know, get to the bottom of that joke. And, 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 and realize, yeah, and realize how low stakes this entire operation is. But what suckered is. me in was when you said, and it's, it was a great setup when you said, this gentleman is very interested in 420 lore <laughs> and how 420 got started. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's, you know, because it's always interesting. People will really stick their neck out for what, how, what they think is the start of 420, yes. even if it's just hearsay. Yeah, later on in the episode, <laughs> David Beanenstock, the guy who used to be a head writer over at uh, editor over at uh, High Times, he's done like an extensive research into where the four, where four twenty started. So, so I, he said it straight. He said it straight. Yeah. So it wasn't all because of it was the Hitler's birthday that we all decided to start smoking <laughs> weed. <laughs> it's a really interesting s- story, uh, but. I, I, if I can remember the details, start from like just a small group of friends, mm-hmm. but one of them happened to brother or a, someone in their extended scythe also worked for the Grateful Dead. And so like that, like their slang of 420, like spread via sure. dead shows. And then it kind of, I see. And like the dead mention it at some point or, you know. Yeah, yeah. I could see it taken off because of the dead, but it had, you know, had to start with like just a group of friends. Basically. It started with a group of friends who I guess were all like in different clubs at school and 420 was the time. Once, backstop. Yeah. Everyone was done with their either sport or club at four. 20 in the afternoon. Yeah, because 420 does seem a little late. Uh, right. <laughs> like a little slow get there when the final bell's at like 2.30, 3 right. o'clock. But someone's like, I get out of baseball at 4.05, you know, I, yeah. okay. I they got... all get out of their various things and they meet up on the baseball field because practice is over. They had a nickname too and I can't place it. Uh, uh, the um, Oh, now that you, as soon as you said it, I was like, I could have told you it before. Not the, it's like the Mowgli's. Or yeah, the, it's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you listen back to the Mega Session episode, uh, <laughs> fast forward up to where Bean and Stock's in there and he'll he'll explain it. But yeah, it's a, it's a really- It'll pop into my head. It will come in at some point. The power, the, we're, you're witnessing both the, the double-edged sword of cannabis usage. Like, it'll come back, but it ain't there right now. <laughs> right. Well, also now I'm getting, you know, the point where it's like, you know, the combination of excessive years of excessive weed use plus just the natural deterioration of the brain. Right. Plus age. And I yeah, feel, I'm feeling exactly. it at 41 and I know you're a little older than I am. Yeah. I'll sit around with people younger than me that can't remember something that I can. And I'll take that as like some sort of personal victory. Yeah, but I then, do that way then too ten, frequently. 10 seconds later, I can't think of the word shampoo. <laughs> You know, I can't think of something really simple. <laughs> That's way too relatable. I do that a lot with like younger people when like we're high and I'm like a little more functioning of a stoner. I'm like proud of myself. I'm like, all right, see, I'm not a piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> like you. Yeah, I got this all under control. But that's the great thing about for stoners and people losing their 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 brains naturally. Um for everybody, the phone is so helpful because anytime you worry you're gonna forget something, you just take a picture of it. Yep. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> you know I'm a huge proponent of hey S-I-R-I. I don't want to say it and activate someone's phone, but I use the hey blank lady, hey phone lady, set a timer for seven minutes because I always forget when I put some shit in the oven. <laughs> right? or like, yeah, or I'm like in forty four in forty minutes remind me about laundry. Or I'll straight up just be like, hey Siri, tomorrow remind me or like a show I want to watch. I talk to her so much, it's upsetting. 
It's insane. <laughs> like it's insane. Like the photos I do are pretty frequently, but I truly am like, I'm always worried about me five hours from now, like just fucking being like, I know I had something I had to do. So I'm constantly just telling her, remind me in three hours to do and two hours move car or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And that's where AI is headed at some point. It's series going to be like, Hey, listen, I have too much on my plate right now. <laughs> I can't remind everybody of everything. Give me just a day to get my shit together. Let me relax. Please, yeah. Sundays is series day. <laughs> Please. On Sundays, I get yeah. high and ask Chatbot to remind me shit, okay? Yeah, or I eat Chick-fil-A that I bought on Saturday and kept in the fridge. Yeah, and, and oh, if you unleash, if you showed up with Chick-fil-A on a Sunday- because you like did some good like de- like storage of it, you'd be a real champion. You know about this Hollywood Chick Fil A, right? The one across from the high school. Uh, I've been. Tr- it's got. I usually drive past it because I live on uh, in West Hollywood, uh-huh. and I'm always coming from the east side, and I'm always tempted to pull in there. But it's got like bad hours. It closes early. Well, you know, it's the Chick Fil A philosophy of uh, you know not be, not being open when people would really want it. <laughs> right. You know, because Sundays, they're closed all evenings. day Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but I just mean that uh, like it's a very popular Chick Fil A, and it, but they do have the I guess what, the business model of uh, closing early even on weekdays works because it's the, most of their. Like at three in the afternoons when all the high school kids are yeah. there. That and in and out across the packed. street is impossible to get into too. In and out is crazy. But uh, but I said, did you hear about, like this is big news, but there's a, a chicken sandwich place opening right across the street from Chick-fil-A and their posters, it already looks like a cool spot and their posters already say, and we're open on Sunday. Oh shit, rivalry. But even if even if they just smashed it on Sundays and they lost to Chick Fil A every other day of the week, it, it just seems make... like there's a lot of money there. Yeah, and then if it's a decent chicken sandwich, if it's a solid chicken sandwich, you'll get the people who are sort of don't want as much religion with their uh, fried chicken sandwiches, avoiding uh, Chick Fil A too, and maybe hitting up that place across the street. Yeah, I'll and... report back because that is not too far from. Uh, that's like my my area. I'll yeah. get over there and. Uh, well, now I'm a regular listener to the show because I don't, can't miss the episode. <laughs> you just listen to me scream for ninety seconds about... and shut it off every week. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like he's had the sandwich yet. <laughs> you'll know because you'll hear it in my voice. It'll come I've changed out early on. Wow, his voice is really deep. I'll yeah. sound like uh, uh, chocolate rain. I'll sound, sound like Taze on Day, and you'll go. He must have had that chicken sandwich. <laughs> What's that name you say in the opening every time? Something Maine. Oh, uh, uh, Jackson Maine. That's Jackson uh, Maine. That's Bradley Cooper right. from The Star Is Born. Right. I like it. Jumped out at me. I was like, who is that? I, for a while, I kept thinking it was like a Better Call Saul character, and then now you've solved the puzzle for me, Jackson Maine. Because I, yeah, because he's Norman Maine in all the previous. Uh, oh, right. versions of Stars Born. Right. And, but you know, Bradley, you can't be a, Bradley a country Coops rocker named Norman. <laughs> Norman. My name's Norman. Yeah, Norman so. <laughs> You're That's off the my deep end now. Name. <laughs> like, there's that scene where he goes off on Lady Gaga and he just calls, calls her names and he's terrible to her. That is like the audio track is on the soundtrack album. 
<laughs> like what? Who who needs to like hear that? Part? Qu- like, real quick, can you remind me of how abusive he was again when he was uh, had that drinking problem that eventually took his life. The, yeah, the last song you hear the dog eating a steak, and then you hear him hang. <laughs> You're like, this is super depressing. <laughs> but it's also funny to me when I have uh, you know all of my music on uh, you know shuffle, on shuffle right. because those those little bites will come up. But that one in particular is so funny because it's just him going. You're so fucking stupid. You're a fuck. Like it's like the opposite of like a pep talk that I'm suddenly getting from my uh, my songs of choice. You're just like putting put a joint out and start crying. You're like, no, Jackson. Uh, Well, Doug, I want to reference. I I think I speaking of being high. Speaking of being high, every time I'm on uh, getting high with uh, getting Doug with high or Doug loves movies, I like to bring this up. But now that you're on my home turf, I'd love to bring it up. I was a PA when I first graduated college on Best Week Ever, and I was tasked with watching a lot of clips and transcribing and writing down bits that you or uh, Paul Shear and other people who I now consider friends are. Uh, and so it's, it's been such a fun ride to have gone from, you know, I knew your comedy back then. Uh, mm-hmm. You're in the super high me. Uh, I was a, a young student at UCB. And there's a clip when you show up to a comedy festival and you say you have to get high every day for the experiment and you have yeah, this, yeah. and you're like, Where's where's Matt Walsh or the UCB guys? They always have weed. Mm-hmm. And like in that moment, I was like, I know that guy from work and I'm at classes at UCB. It made me feel like cosmically connected to comedy. And I was also smoking weed at the time. So sure. it felt like a three hit combo. And I was like, that felt like a real progression for me. And like, and then getting to do getting dug with high eventually was like a real a real blast real full circle now i'm hosting you on my 420th episode thank you uh, thank you for having me it's quite an honor like so who else would you have gone with if i wasn't available uh yeah see who would i who could i slide down to Polly Shore Polly Sh- koala puffs no <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess any young comic these days feels more like, like it doesn't feel like anybody is, uh, there's no current weed comics to speak of. Right. And I think it's maybe because there's also like, weed is more prevalent now than ever. Yeah. Kind so of like, like how there was no like real drinking comics uh, in the, you know, ni- yeah. 2000s, but because er- everyone was sort of drinking. <laughs> every com- every comic says, has to, uh, it almost is like, uh, you know, coming out to the audience or something one way or the other on weed. Like either, they either have to say, I don't smoke weed when I'm fine with it, or I smoke weed, woohoo, let's party. Yeah. Like, you know, in, in all cases, y- y- most comedy club audiences are uh weed smokers weed smokers or or very open to it it. yeah yeah Yeah. you know so it's like yeah so you really have to you have to kind of come out as a non like a lot of people opening for me they feel uh especially important to say to the audience well i don't smoke weed because of this reason then they have a good joke about it or whatever but you know, but they feel the need to confess because they are, especially if someone's coming to see a Doug Benson show. Yeah, like they, it. oh, why aren't all the ex donors? Well, because you know somebody's <laughs> got to get us there on time. Right? No, like, I don't. I, it's I, not. I get us there on. It's time. not required to be funny. It's what I like. So it, other people who don't smoke are still funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot of reasons for me to have a non pot smoking opener, and, and one of them, I mean, one. 
the the two biggest ones are first of all that person's probably going to have more energy, which I like the rest of the show to have more energy, so I can just be more your relaxed. Level, your level, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I have moments of having some energy, but you know, what I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I try not, unless it's a specific kind of gig, like a bar gig or something. I don't like to have to yell, right? Unless know? it's like, unless I'm yelling every word of it because I'm in a stupid bar. <laughs> and that should better with be a bunch twelve minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a short set where you just yell the whole time. I'm completely on board. It's like just read. It's like saying a bunch of tweets that are all written in all caps. <laughs> right. Is is I'm my going DefCon five on this bar? Yeah, that's my act. But then the other reason. Is because, uh, you know, why have someone go on and on about weed before I'm going to go on and on about weed? <laughs> right. <Don't... laughs> or also, why do we both have to be high? You know, like, why not have, like, a different energy in there? Right. And then also, if anyone, like, you know, brings weed gifts and stuff like that, you don't have to share. I get everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. But I've always been pretty good about sharing because especially, you know, now as things get legalized more and more, like, you know, Minnesota's, like, going to happen any any minute now. Oh, congrats, it's going to be legal in Minnesota. I think just medically, but I'm not. I'm not positive. But you know, Minnesota. You know, yeah, it's finally going to get there. So, oh, don't you know we have weed now? Yeah, it's <laughs> happening everywhere. So, uh, you know, as that happens, the, you know, my concern for getting weed it goes my down. Concern a little, for yeah. people giving it to me. You know, people's concern of me having weed. Like it's all just become it's becoming more neutralized. And I've become more comfortable traveling with it. Than yeah, ever absolutely. Before. Yeah, in so a way, I just have my own. So I'm not like when I get to a town, I'm not like, hey, please give me your weed. I'm like, hey, let's smoke. I got some. You got some. Right. Yeah. Let's match some bowls. I don't. I'm afraid to go through customs with cannabis. I don't. Fly yeah. Don't internationally. do that. Yet. Yeah. But don't I will do that go. Yet. I will go state to state, and I and like I have my I have my little systems. You know what I mean? Of like. Mostly just prepackaged, pre rolls, sealed, and if it's like Texas, I will finish them there rather than get like, yeah. rather than bring anything back, you know. Or I'll, I, mm. I usually hand them off to like um, unhoused people if they're floating around, like if they want it, I'll offer like just because I don't want to fly back through. But if I have it like packaged and I'm going through LAX, I feel Gucci, and like so it's always in my carry, uh, my checked baggage. Uh, yeah, it's funny too. The check baggage is sort of out of sight, out of mind. Right. Like you're less worried about it. Like <laughs> yeah. you're not sweating it at the uh, X-ray machine <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you would like, be. Yeah, <laughs> but I mix it up. I put a little in both because uh, I figure you just know, in case dude. anybody comes along that's gonna really want to be like, hey, what's with this vape pen or what's with this gram of weed or whatever yeah. it is, uh, you know. They're going to probably be after me for something much more than that. Like, yeah, I'm prepared the to average say, like, citizen is not being hassled over weed by TSA. No, they, they even don't... say that on their social media. I recommend checking out TSA's Instagram. It's a fun, uh, <laughs> it's a fun stoner scroll. They do like stupid bits a lot, like where they tell like poems and shit. But it's weird. But they also will post p very scary pictures of like a guy like with a gun in a suitcase. It's like we told you you can't bring guns on board. It's like wait, don't let me know. People are trying to do that. But they also. Uh, insist that they don't care about cannabis unless it's like a, looks like a, a level of trying to right. sell it. If yeah. it's uh, you know pounds and pounds of it, like you're allowed to have like uh, I think up to an ounce. Yeah, 
uh, out of LAX is what I heard. Like, Old me is ago. still putting my gummies in a zip in a uh, Ziploc, taking them out of the label that says like Camino right. or whatever, and putting them in a Ziploc bag. So mm-hmm. it's always just a bag of gummies, and I, I'm always ready if they're like, "Hey, what's this weed?" I'll be like, "Oh, th- I live in a legal state. I can't believe that's still in my bag. Throw it out. I would never try to fly with that." You know, like I'm ready to be like, "Oops." <laughs> Toss it. Like, yeah. I, I'm just a cutie D-list celebrity. Don't get mad. <laughs> That's a good strategy. <laughs> I think it works. because I. But I also do think you might get it thrown out on you when they probably would have just handed it back. Right. If I, if I don't say throw it out, they just go, you're not in any trouble. So, throw it out, man. They were like, I wasn't going to. I'm like, you have to now. I'm making them throw out my pot. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen, you know, lessons being learned at TSA because I'll see one TSA person pull something out of my bag, turn to another and go, what's this? And then they'll go, oh, that's a pipe or that's a, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> like, and then they go, oh, and then they put it back. <laughs> like, but that like happening right in like, front of you yeah, is intense. I'm sweating, yeah. I feel like the <laughs> Jordan Peele meme. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, while we're on this subject, I just uh, – what do you do about hotels? I'm not a big vape person, like a pen person, but I'll always pack one when I'm on the road for solely for the hotel at night. Cause I'm still afraid. Cause they always like try to bang you for like 300 bucks. If you smoke in there and even having sure. a flower out will like make the room smell a little. So I feel like I try to, you know, s- smoke on my walk back to my hotel. And then if I want to, stay up watching fucking NCIS or whatever in the room with commercials. I'll just keep hitting the pen until I pass out. Do you, I think, do you have I like think a, hotels, you are more, hotels are more selective about uh, how hard they care about that stuff anymore because it really is getting, there's so many, so many marijuana travelers who are going to do just that. They're going to open their marijuana in the room, but there's no proof you smoked it in the room. Right. You know, so then when they come at you going, hey, you smoked in the room, you go, no, I just, I had some weed in the room, but I smoked it elsewhere. Yeah. Then it just gets, you know, it's just back and forth. They can't prove anything. It's already tricky enough with regular smoking and and the smell of smoke. And, you know, because if housekeeping told management, hey, this person smoked in the room, that was that, you know, because, you know, what are you going to say? No, I was just rolling later. cigars. Or, no, you know, no, I didn't. Well, the housekeeper smelled it. Well, uh, no, you know, and I'll say whoever you smelled got it, dealt it. Remember, yeah, arrest her for drug dealing. <laughs> yeah, no, you could go down that road. You could have fun with it, and uh, you know, and then still not uh, see any results, you know, because, um, but that's how it used to be. Whereas now, I feel like uh, there's. Just more hotels that realize that they have a clientele that would take to social media if they got charged for, you know, just for having weed in their room. Right. You know, there's enough loudmouths out there uh, that are, you know, pro-weed that uh, – and I just feel like, for me, it's just about play. go ahead and play the game, you know, like put a towel down on the crack of the door so the smell doesn't go into right, the Right, like play along. Try not to bother anyone. Like a room yeah. with a balcony whenever possible. Yeah, crack the windows, be near the windows, like yeah, all that. Yeah, blow it out the window. Yeah. But the vape pen is really the savior of them all because, you know, I don't. I wouldn't want to exclusively hit a vape pen for like a whole weekend, but no, if I bring flour and a vape, at least I can hit the vape in the room. 
and then uh, you know hit the other stuff out on the streets. Yeah, whenever I whenever someone says like do you, uh, do you vape, I go not really, except hotel rooms, sometimes a movie theater bathroom if I feel like I need to re up sure, a sure. little, and uh, like events. Like if I go to a wedding, I always have a vape pen because. Even then, sometimes it's like, you know, the cousin is who's like, I don't smoke pot, but I hit the pen. Like, oh, I got a pen. Or that also makes you, you can feel a little less inconspicuous, a little less conspicuous, <laughs> a little more, more conspicuous, inconspicuous. more inconspicuous. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah. You could, you could, you feel a little slicker hitting a vape pen at a wedding than, you know, trying to like burn. Eventually you'll get the, the joint opportunity, but if you're sure. not at the rate that you might need it. For a party, for a big. Yeah. Now I'm talking about it like I'm addicted, but it, it is sort of my social anxiety medicine in a way. So like, for me to say like at a big event like that, I'm gonna need a vape pen because I am gonna have to talk to so many fucking people and so many yeah. boring people that I need weed to be like, yes, but you can play interested. Like, and this. it's so <laughs> often like a great opportunity to just go chill in a gazebo or something. Hell yeah! You know what I mean? There's always a cute spot nearby that the stoners figure out they can go pass something around. <laughs> I'm and I love <laughs> I love a wedding that has cigars, and I don't smoke cigars. But you just love. But it. then you, it's, it's like a prevalent cover. smell. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Well, then also no one's gonna get mad if you sit down where everyone's sitting around at an ashtray and you spark a J. Right. No one gets mad because they're all fucking puffing on. I would hope. Yeah. Is there such a thing of a cigar smoker that thinks weed smokes disgusting? <laughs> right. That'd be really. <laughs> Ew. Get that out of here. The nerve. Oh, jump it back to hotels for one second. I do think also weed smell being not disgusting and not as sitting in a room. I think a lot of of other hotels are learning that too, that it's like, oh, they may have smoked or at least opened in the room, but it'll be fine by the next guest. It's not like oh cigarette God, smoke, yeah. which like sits in the wallpaper and shit like that. No, it doesn't it doesn't linger in the same way, but it has enough I guess it has enough of a linger that, you know, there's still sort of have to respond to somebody checking into a room and going, it smells like weed in here. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm mad. You know, they, they get to be mad about that. Right. And that's it's also so true. weird. Like you can't, you can't go down to the front desk and go, it smells, it just smells like a stinky old hotel in here. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, What's up with my room? It stinks like old bedding. <laughs> yeah. It just stink, it stinks like this. Is this hotel been here a while? It stinks like this place is old, you know, of course, you know, so <laughs> and that stink doesn't go away, but the weed smell, if you just crack a window, for it, crying out loud. Yeah, if you just clean the room, you'll be fine. <laughs> right, yeah. and they do such a, a – that's one thing that I can't get over with hotels, and I'm, I guess I'm grateful for it because I stay in them all the time, but they spend, on average, two and a half to three hours on a fucking room. Right. Like one room <laughs> to get it ready for the next guest. It's just like people that don't tip the hotel staff. It's like I don't get that at all. Because no, you that got is it. The hardest job that also I think helps you not get uh, any smell. Uh, like th right. I think well, that's a, yeah. another thing. Yeah. You treat them well, and they're not going to rat you out for smelling like weed. But you don't tip them, or you're a dick to them. Oh fuck yeah! And they're going to be like happy to if you don't tip tell. them, then they're going to tell everyone about that pile of cummy towels you left. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, I'm grateful that, you know, at pretty much any hotel I've ever stayed in, if they told everybody there something I left in the bed, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty confident nobody I ever meet or interact with would bring it up. Hey, I used to work at this hotel. They said. And when you stayed there, everyone was talking about it. 
one time in a hotel, I was super high and ate like a fucking local calzone adjacent dish, like a big fried Italian puff pastry thing, like under the covers. And like I woke up and it was like red sauce and like cheese smeared into the sheets. I was like, I have no idea how to explain what happened here. I just like left $20 and checked out. <laughs> I was like, if they call me on this, I will pay. I will I I will have to add money. I get it. But I just was like, whoops. <laughs> I'm recording these ads first thing in the morning, sitting down here with my cold brew in front of me, but it's not exactly the first thing because I've already done something else. And if you're wondering what that is, it's smash down a big old glass of athletic greens. That's right. Okay. So I'm all it's, I've only been up for 30 something minutes and I've already had a bunch. I've already had 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. Already have that in my system. I already took one easy step towards a healthy lifestyle this morning. I've set off down a path. I'm going to do some picketing later. I need to get my nutrition in. And I get my AG1 delivered to me every month, so it's been super easy to make it a daily habit. If uh, I, gotta, I already had 16 uh, ounces of water and a bunch of healthy vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. You know, I love that phrase. Just one scoop of powder mixed with water. It's that easy. All right. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. These travel packs rule. Go to athleticgreens.com slash mighty. That's athleticgreens.com slash mighty. Check it out. A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-G-R-E-E-N-S dot com slash M-I-G-H-T-Y. Ugh, I hate shopping for clothes. It's insanely stressful. With Stitch Fix, you can say goodbye to the stress of shopping and hello to the convenience of Stitch Fix. Their expert stylist will select pieces for you, ensuring a flawless fit and on-trend style. Take your style quiz now and see the difference for yourself. It's an easy way to get clothes that fit you. You know I have a hard time finding clothes that fit my body. I talk about it frequently on this podcast and in these ads. But with Stitch Fix, all you got to do is answer a few questions about where you typically get your clothes from, what you like to wear, and your price range. And then they will show you a bunch of clothes that fit you. And you don't have to scroll through a bunch of options and click on a shirt you like and be like, oh, they only have mediums left. Uh, unless you're a medium. With your choices in mind and a wide range of sizes available, XS to 3XL, Get pumped about that. They'll find your perfect fit and send you clothes handpicked just for you. They've got you covered with over a thousand brands and styles you know and love. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking it's not going to, the selection is bananas. They, they're pretty stocked up. I found a couple of great Hawaiian shirts on there and a couple of solid print long sleeves, things I was currently looking for, but you can find whatever you might be looking for. Or like I have members of my family, they just use it for like, my brother just uses it to get like, Keep his uh, clothes in rotation. Keep new stuff coming in and donating old stuff. So try Stitch Fix today at stitchfix.com slash mighty, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash mighty for 25% off today. S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X dot com slash M-I-G-H-T-Y. Doug, when did you first 
smoke pot or when did you first like become like a, a the daily user or the like it it, it rolled in and became a major a big part of your life the way seth rogan described it as glasses on howard stern like he's like it's like my glasses you wouldn't say like why what do you need your glasses for every day he's like that's what how i feel about pot <laughs> and i was like yes i could go on life yeah, without my if glasses I didn't smoke weed i wouldn't be able to read <laughs> right. like small print what's he talking about <laughs> no, I do get, yeah, that, yeah, he just, but also, not only is it, it's pleasurable to get high, but also it probably improves a lot of people's temperament to those around them. Right. You I know? know that personally about myself, that I am, it works on me in that way, in a positive way. Like, yeah, I don't get if the it calms you, then you're going to be less yeah. aggressive towards others or whatever. Yeah, uh, stuff rolls off my back a little more in a... And I'm not like zooted to the point where I at least, you know, sometimes you like, you really think you're like, all right, see, I could do almost anything high. And then you have like a really extended conversation, like an interaction with the barista or something. And you're like, okay, okay. I, that shouldn't have been that difficult. And I, I definitely was the guy gumming up the works over there. Maybe. But I just think weird interactions are just such a part of life. You might as well be high for it. Yeah. And lean in. Maybe making it worse, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, so I, when just, did you so so the, basically it was like for me it was like you know I could definitely see the glasses analogy the where I thought it was going was that like you know growing up I had glasses and then at one point I tried wearing cooler looking glasses then I tried contact lenses then I got LASIK then LASIK started to fade so then now I just have a weird combination of like reading glasses and. uh you know, prescription sunglasses that I got a few years ago and should probably update. But so that's sort of like where I, that's the same journey I have with weed is that, <laughs> you know, I tried it, tried it in a smoke circle in high school with neighbors, didn't think much of it. Strangely didn't think much of it because I was a huge Cheech and Chong fan. I don't know why I was listening to Cheech and Chong all the time, constantly talking about drugs and weed and never being like, that's what I want to do. I was more like the comedy part right? was what I was into, you know? <laughs> I thought they were funny. So I didn't, I didn't even know, you know, looking back, when I hear old routines of theirs, I go, there's no way I knew what that word meant <laughs> right. when I heard that routine. I just thought it sounded funny and they sound funny and everything's funny. So, uh, so yeah, so high school, college, didn't mess with it at all. Growing up in San Diego of all places. Wait, that's crazy. I didn't smoke weed in college either. Yeah, I didn't get to uh, really experience it until... I was a became a road stand up comedian. Like even starting off my career in stand up, uh, the comedians I stood hung out with were just you know maybe drank, but were pretty straight laced. Like nobody was ever saying, "Hey, let's go out and get high." Which once I started getting high with comics, it just felt like every comedy show I'm in, where there's two or three or more comics, there's going to be somebody to someone get high else with. Blazes. Yeah, <laughs> whether you bring it or you know you might have to bring it, but there'll be somebody there. There'll be into going outside, you know? So that's what happened was like in my stand-up comedy, I just started doing it whenever it was around. So, you know, at comedy shows and comedy parties. Right. And then eventually I got it to be too much of a, you know, kind of a, have a moochie reputation. 
you know, like he never brings any, he just shows up and smokes everybody's. Right. And that's kind of like a, a newbie to st- cause you're like, I don't know if I want to have this in the house cause then maybe I'm going to do it too much or I don't have the yeah. money really for this new habit or like, Oh shit. Like, uh, I don't want to deal with how to, I mean, for us being, uh, of age, like, there wasn't you couldn't go to the store and buy it back then either. Yeah. So it was kind of like I don't want to get like a drug dealer, but I'd love smoking pot every time right. someone offers it. No, and that they, was a big part of it is just not wanting to you know have to deal with dealers, right? Because you know that was just there's a whole lot of things going on there. Most some positive, I you know I enjoy the dealer experience most of the time. Yeah, in my. Uh, Doug, this is so funny. I had no idea. Like literally, this I tried it a few times in in junior high and high school because like the cute girl wanted to smoke, or someone's like, "Look, I got my brother's pot." Never really felt high or enjoyed it. Um, didn't smoke in college at all because my roommates, when they did, were mad annoying, and I always was like, or at least I I felt like they were annoying. I'm like, that's not for me. I I think I also low key still wanted to be like an FBI agent or something because <laughs> that's what I really wanted to be in high school. So that's why I stopped and like didn't get into it in high school. But then in my mid twenties, in my early twenties, in comedy. I like was around it way more and I was still like, no, I'm not really a pot guy, but I was a party animal. And then like eventually at uh mutual friend, Adam Pally's bachelor party, I smoked weed out of an apple and had like the time of my life. And I was like, oh yeah, weed, th- this is pretty cool. And then it became <laughs> like a thing I did while partying a lot. Sure. Uh, you know, like, oh, I'll get drunk and then, and then, you know, get blasted when you get crossfaded. And then it slowly just felt like alcohol backtrack and weed come up until I became daily pot usage. And like, now I drink like, you know, monthly, bi-monthly or something like that. It's oh, like so not that rare. Pa- so yeah, uh, it's so not a b- major part of my life anymore. It's crazy. And it's funny. And I, I talk about this sometimes. And I I wonder how you feel about it. I think not smoking pot until I was like in my mid to early twenties so much. I think saved my ass because I think if I st- if I was smoking <laughs> like if I started at fourteen and was still going this oh, far. Oh sure. And a lot of my buddies who were stoners who were super young when they were super young and lasted into their twenties now have like an adverse reaction or don't enjoy pot in the same way anymore. I'm thinking of like this is anti- anecdotal, but I have like a handful of friends who were like big pot users. And then I was smoking weed with them in my twenties. But once we entered our thirties, they were like, I don't know. It gives me too much anxiety now, but they were like, they were the ones who got me into it. No, I wish it would give me too much anxiety. (laughs) You know, it'd be one less thing that I have to worry about or deal with, but I still enjoy it. Yeah. And, but that's the other thing I was going to say though, is that I I've been able to take that step that maybe also, uh, you know, if we had started younger, we might have never made it to this point where, you know, now with all the edibles and dabs and, you know, things that are going on, just the individual things you can just do to a joint, you know. Right. <laughs> sprinkling some keef on there and all, uh, all moon THC dust, diamonds, and all sorts, dust, yeah, yeah, all keef, sorts of shit. Oil, moon yeah. rocks. It's just Shatter, like butter. <laughs> yeah. It's all just like making it so that, you know, you it's also just like fine dining, I guess, has become where like right. there's just so many combinations of things that you can always experience something new and not feel like you're, you know, just getting the same, uh, you know, high or taste or whatever. Right. Yeah. And you can mix it up. Uh, qu- question talking about that. What is your, what's your like, av- like for me, because I feel like my tolerance is 
pretty heavy. I've been trying to wean myself off edibles a little bit. In the pandemic, I became like a daily edibles user as well. Like once I was no longer driving for mm-hmm. the day, I'd be like, yoink. And now I'm trying to wean myself off of that so that edibles are at least something that is exciting again. Like, you know, where oh, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm <laughs> going to see Avatar 4. I, uh, you know, I can do edibles and really feel it rather than like, this is just kind of how I always am. Yeah, if edibles if edibles had been a real thing while I was going to junior college in San Diego, <laughs> I probably would have gotten into that. But I think <laughs> probably the closest I got was maybe an occasional hearing about a pot brownie. Right. And I've never really liked brownies, especially if they have nuts in them. Uh. <laughs> and for some reason, when they make pot brownies, for some reason, there's nuts in them usually. So that's another reason why I just never <laughs> got around to it. You know? I, I got a shout out, uh, guest of the pod, John Flynn, who made those weed cookies in New York in the early, uh, in the aughts and the tens. And they, that was like my first foray into edibles was like right around when I got back into weed, he was, he was making these great pod cookies that were just so good and around UCB all the, at all the parties. And I was like, oh man. And then that gave me like that, but those were like, you know, handmade, no real understanding of dosage. You'd be like, sometimes you eat one and be like, that was a fun night. Sometimes you eat one and be like, why was I crying in front of Ellie Kemper? <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> why not? But once your tolerance gets to a certain degree, like how sometimes I feel like I can't get as high as I want to get high anymore. So one thing I've like taken to doing is like, I'm constantly switching up my, I'm trying to smoke mostly just flour now, less infused even, because I was, you know, it gets to be like an arms race eventually, and you're like smoking like frosted this and all this, and mm-hmm. like it gets a little harsher. So I tried to like, I'm trying to wind back down to just flour, but I'm a big, I shift between strains a lot. I feel like that is like my best hope of that. Mm-hmm. That's how I just feel like a new fresh high each time. Cause I used to have like favorite strains, but then I feel like I've, you know, my, receptors my endocannabinoid receptors or whatever however it works are like full of jack Herrer now so i was like i gotta like shift it and smoke some other stuff or some indica or something like that just to mix it up just to get that get a new high feeling i miss you know we're always chasing that first high like the high school highs yeah call it. yeah yeah and it's just uh you know changing strains is good changing uh, delivery systems is really good like yeah. that's part of the thing also about uh, like, you know, I have a nice bong at home and so I can get the job done quicker there than like, you know, smoking a joint on a corner or right. a vape pen in my hotel room. Right. You know? But yeah, so it's still that. a matter of patience. Like it's like, cause also just out of habit, like I'm just grateful that all these years I never picked up, uh, you know, tobacco cigarettes as, right. a, as a thing. Cause I get. I get that that's part of why I smoke so much weed is because I'd probably be outside smoking a cigarette if I wasn't inside smoking weed. Right. And and even just like the you ritual. You know, I'd have the, some sort of habit. Yeah, yeah. It's like, So if I'm going to have a habit, it might as well be smoking weed and just maintaining that high. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true because I, I, I'm mostly a joint smoker, but I'll, I can get myself to like a different level of high if I like rip a bong or if I- you know, or sometimes you get the kind of hit that, like, you're like, oh, I guess I haven't been hitting it as hard as I thought. Like that one was, like, you get the one or that you like, clean your bong and then take a hit. Oh, <laughs> that hit is crazy. <laughs> I just cleaned all my shit this morning. Oh too. man, yeah, that'll uh, really hit good. Oh, okay, I will hit that later <laughs> this evening. <laughs> I've been right. It's just not clogged. It. You don't have to pull so hard. Right. Just suddenly, you're just like, damn. <laughs> yeah, and it feels like so much. 
it feels like the weed is fresher and you're like, oh, right, this is what you're supposed to do. Uh, I I also I'm a big volcano head these days. Yeah, those I are ha- nice. Yeah, and I got like the little hookah attachment, and there's a spot I could, <laughs> I could sit on. Or you my just ca- shoot it right into your mouth. Yeah, I sit on <laughs> I sit on my couch. I have the uh, the volcano set up here, the hookah thing in my mouth, and my PlayStation controller oh, in my God hand, damn. and I feel like I'm in the future. I'm just like, a Jabba Nobada. I feel like I'm like on some sort of life support, like mental life support system where I'm like breathing in cannabis because you can like burn one little hit of weed for like 20 minutes off the volcano, you know, like mm-hmm. without it getting too nasty, starting to taste like popcorn. So like 20 minutes of just slow puffing on that feels, it doesn't feel as harsh, but then when you're done with it, you're like, yeah, I guess I didn't get, oh my God. Yeah. I got, yeah. High, I got, high. yeah. You're like intravenously high. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know I got to get like the Borg attachment that just like goes up my nose. So I just like casually <laughs> breathe it in all afternoon. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, oh, what's wrong with that guy? Oh, he's just smoking. <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> that's really recreational. Like, <laughs> that setup he drives around with, that's recreational. There's no Does it also <laughs> keep you from snoring? <laughs> yeah, it's like a CPAP mask <laughs> that pumps THC into, directly oh into your God. fucking brain. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's the future, man. It'll oh. pump like a, a combination of CBD, CBN, and THC to help you sleep, along with helping you breathe, and you wake up feeling more rested yeah. than ever. Yeah, yeah. And it drains, it drains your cock while you sleep. Like it just does all this weird attachment shit. Like dude. dries out your eyes. <laughs> so you, one, you dry eyeballs. <laughs> you wake up. You got to get your eye drops. You got to get everything back to normal just to reconstitute for the day. That's how I kind of feel. Wait, wait I want to jump back. You're also an avid movie fan and goer mm-hmm. like myself. True. What is your go-to going to the theater? What's your cannabis pairing? How how do you how do you go about that? Do it's, you, is it movie? Is it a case by case scenario? Movie by movie scenario? Talk to me about that. If I'm going out to the cinema, chances are it's someplace close by that I could walk or take a short car ride to, and so hotel room or home, wherever I'm at, get as high as I can before heading to the theater. Because especially if I'm, I was going to say on the road, but even in LA too, you just never know how long it's going to take to do anything anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're either 10 minutes early or 20 minutes late to right. everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it just is yeah, like even with Ubers judge. used to be a little more precise oh, too. Now it's like brutal. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm 40 minutes late. My yeah. Uber said six minutes. <laughs> yeah. We'll have a car for you in two minutes. Okay, go. Oh, uh, we meant 12 minutes. Yeah, you're like, oh, wait. I want to cancel it, but there's a driver on his way. <laughs> 12 minutes is on his way. So anyway, yeah. So uh, I don't know what point I was trying to you're make. You're saying uh, you get super high uh, oh, yeah. in your home. So you, or... get, you don't know what complications are going to happen. So you got to overcome. If you're going to have any chance of being high when the, you know, when the movie itself starts, because you also got to get through all the goddamn trailers yeah and now that no small theaters exist it's all amcs <laughs> so trailers are bathroom uh snacks and step out and smoke some more if possible yeah that's the. i do that during because the trailers are 15 20 minutes now almost every time yeah at am at the amc at the grove which is my home theater it's like 20 it's a guaranteed 25 minutes you could like if your movie starts at 
uh, 8 p.m., you can get in your seat at 8.25 and not disrupt anybody. <laughs> like, and I feel like everybody knows, too, because it's like people, like, you can watch five mm-hmm. trailers and the theater can be empty. You're like, wow, I can't believe no one's seeing this. And then, like, boom, everyone just descends. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because I don't want to see the trailer. I don't like to see a trailer for anything anymore. Like, I, you know, they're interesting to look at once I've seen the movie or if it's right. a movie I'm never going to see. But Right, you know. but, like, I like I feel like maybe you feel the same way. I'm going to see so many movies anyway that not, I don't need to see the trailer Mm-mm. to be in tuned on it. Like I don't no. need to see the Oppenheimer trailer to know yeah. I'm going to see Oppenheimer when it comes out. Yeah, like, absolutely. And the trailer that's out now is probably like also teaser trailers make me nuts. Cause yeah. it's like, I don't need to be teased. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going, I'm ready to come. No more. Teasing. Not only am I ready to come, but it's also too long, too far away. Right. And you're not giving me anything other than the feeling of frustration that you didn't give me anything. Right. The other the other facet of this trailer shit too is for people who go to the movies frequently is you end up seeing the fucking Quantumania trailer like a dozen times in a month and then it you are like fuck this movie. Yeah. Like I I get like turned off from movies because I the trailer is so prevalent. I forget what movie it was, but there was some specific movie that also like got pushed twice because of pandemic or something. So it was like in the trip, it was like in trailers for like a year and change. Or oh, Fast and Furious maybe? Yeah, it was Fast and Furious or maybe it was Morbius. I feel like Morbius maybe. was in the trailers. I saw it for like Fast and Furious months. still isn't out. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> still isn't out. I it can't believe like, it's not out. feels like they're already on a part 11. Yeah. <laughs> edibles is where, movies is where edibles still ride for mm-hmm. me. Is like. No, I, that's the other thing. It's like have a, have something that uh so you arrive really high you maybe reboot a little bit during the trailers yeah i definitely do something during the trailers i just will i refuse to sit and watch the the trailers yeah you can't can't pay i'm not paying to see commercials (laughs) right but it's also like it used to be my favorite part of the experience when i was a kid but that's because like not every movie came to uh, the theater close to your house right, you know? right. And like strangely like trailers was this best way to to see so i used to watch tv shows where they would just show trailers be and then talk commercials. about commercials uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i used to i used to eat that shit up but now it's just like i've 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 gone to the other side where i want the movie to surprise me i don't want to know about all the you know because now also trailers and commercials are starting to show people sitting on the set talking about what a great set it is and stuff. It's like, what are you? What yeah. is that? That's like down the road when the movie's a classic, then maybe show us some of this shit that happened behind the scenes. But otherwise, most movies behind the scenes is just another day for everybody's <laughs> yeah, job. Who's just making that shit? I want to hear how the grip loved day three of working <laughs> on Way of Water. Uh, I the first movie that really hit me with that was. Uh, was it, is it called Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and uh, Ryan Gosling, that mm-hmm. Shane Black movie? It's like, I was so hyped for it. I saw the trailer. I'm like, the trailer looks awesome. And when I went to go see the movie in the theater, I loved it. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, fuck. I know these, like, I know what this joke punchline. Oh, no. Yeah, I know what's on the other gag. side of the fence. I know what's going to happen with this fucking. This is so annoying. I'd rather not know. And it's. The opportunity, and it's rare that you get to go into a movie these days having not seen the trailer or anything, but like 
a recent example was I saw a Barbarian without having seen or heard anything yeah, about it. And that's, just like, that's how you see that movie. Yeah, and that's a perfect way to see that movie for sure. Like, and, and half of these movies don't need fucking. Tra- I don't need to. I know what Guardians of the Galaxy three is going to be like, loosely look like, and who it's going <laughs> to loosely feature. Like, I don't necessarily need to see the trailer to be. Yeah, like, I could just see the Burger King commercial or whatever it is right. where rockets <laughs> run around trying to flame broil something. Sold, I'm you know, in. <laughs> because that's not going to happen in the movie. Right. It's annoying that they have to sell out the characters like that, but it's still at least it's not from the movie. Right, so you what know, you're watching is not so going to ruin anything. Not gonna, <laughs> I mean, hopefully they don't ever go to Burger King in the movie. <laughs> oh God, don't don't push it. Because like Demolition Man, when that movie came out, like was in Taco Bell ads, and you're like, oh, this is kind of lame, but whatever. And then you go see Demolition Man, and, and they, they stop and eat at Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Like they straight up just go to a Taco they Bell. They say Taco Bell won the fast food wars. And they yeah, like it's supposed to be in the future. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. I like even and movie. then Dennis Leary shows up and even he's not mad about it. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> well, Dennis Leary shows up and does he does his he rat does, thing. he does real time. He does chunk. He does a chunk. He does like the rat burger shit. He does his own. Yeah, hey, Sidney Crawford and a popsicle. Like his thing never made sense to me. <laughs> yeah, dude, we used to roast the the I we loved Dennis Leary growing up. Like we we like because he was all over Comedy Central. But the bit we always used to do is who's Pete? Fuck Pete. Clang, because he would talk about like <laughs> Pete's wicked ale. I went to grab a beer out of my sister's fridge, and he tells a story, and he grabs it, and it's like he looks at it, it's Pete's cherry wheat, and he's like, "Who's Pete? Fuck Pete!" Clang, give me a whiskey. And so me and my <laughs> friends were like fourteen, and thought it. Even then, we're like, it's crazy to be so mad about cherry wheat beer. So we would always be like, "Who's Pete?" Fuck Pete, clang, give me a whiskey. <laughs> I was obsessed. And recent, oh God, recently Dennis Leary came up. One of my good friends is Australian, and the asshole song charted in Australia. It was like a huge mm. song, and it's like such an interesting uh, sociological, <laughs> arguably indictment of Australian culture. That, like, how huge a song called "Asshole," the asshole song went. I eat the last slice. I'm an asshole, yo. Yeah, what uh, what TV series was he in between? Like, what was he doing when he made that song? I don't know. That was bef- before his FX run and then before his turn to Right, because he had drama. the firefighter show. Rescue Me. But, but he was he doing something the before that. Old old single guy show. Right. He had the old guy in a band show. Guy <laughs> gets a lot of swings. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He always seems to have some sort of show going on at any given time. And then, you know. I hope he's drinking fucking sour barnyard saison <laughs> ales and shit right now. I hope he's enjoying a kombucha. I hope he fucking. Masculinity is a, is oh a fucking uh, toxic. What did uh Sorry, not to quote other comics all the time, but in Gary Coleman's <laughs> special recently, he said, like, I didn't drink Sprite when I was a kid because everyone called me gay. He's like, I've always wanted Sprite. He's like, masculinity is a trap or whatever. He's like, my friends, I couldn't, I drank Coke over Sprite because be, my friends were homophobic. <laughs> like, and I was like, that's such a fucking stupid, like, hating Cherry Ale. Sorry, back to, back to cannabis. What up? <laughs> What it, we've seen, like you were talking about it, in there's been a boon lately of like cool new things in cannabis. Like obviously in the last ten years, but it feels like we're ramping up super hard. 
what are some of these new fangled ways to smoke or types of uh, uh, concentrates or styles of uh, whatever? What are some of these new things that you're – I know grow up doing just bong, bowl rips and joints or blunts. But what are some of the new facets of cannabis that you're into? Like – or that like you – you're like, oh, that, that's – I wish I had that shit when I was fucking 25 or whatever. Well, I always don't wish that I had this shit because it's all uh, relies too much on maintenance. Like I still just like a classic – Take a you know a glass piece of some kind, smoke it till it's just too dirty to deal with anymore, and uh, you know get rid recycle, of it. recycle, recycle. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah, buy a new one. Yeah, yeah, because that's the hardest part of <laughs> this is the hardest part of being a stoner is cleaning glass, like or any or cleaning any device or like these devices. They you know they keep getting cooler and cooler. The you know the dab things. You know how whenever somebody used to be like, "Hey, want to do a dab?" Next thing you know, there'd be like a fucking torch, right? That would come out, and uh, and to, now to it looks like it a lava lamp that you could like push well, your butt. Puff the puff yeah, is is real nice looking. Looks like a little Chrysler building, and it lights up. And <laughs> yeah. No, it's really it's gotten really cute, but also much safer. Like these dab things, they figured out a way to get this temperature on the inside. Yeah, no, open instead of flame. having some yeah. open flame out there. But these things still need to be cleaned and maintained and charged and, you know, just all this stuff you have to do yeah, to and keep that's... it nice. And I'm I'm terrible at it. I don't need another thing to have to clean and take care of. That's why, you know, that's why I'm not a car owner. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's too my... much hassle with a car. <laughs> I cleaned my glass this morning. I cleaned my bong, a bowl, and then this, like, uh, little blunt bubbler thing I got from King Palm. and. They had been out on my kitchen sink, like next to my kitchen sink for like a week and a half. Like I had to get to clean them. And it's just a big undertaking, but it really, it does improve it. And it does make you feel less gross, like less like you're hitting old resin or whatever. Oh yeah. But it takes so much fucking effort that I'm like, humili- cause like along those lines, my, my favorite invention, quote unquote invention of the recent years is like flower vaporizers. Like I really enjoy like dry herb vaporizers because mm-hmm. like like the volcano or the Pax or the Da Vinci like all, but they are all like they get gross easily like or you know nothing against these products but like it just burning stuff and being leaving yeah. it in your pocket leaving it in a bag taking it out you how know, like, often do you do a volcano with somebody and they hand you a bag that doesn't look like absolute hell. <laughs> Like they all just get so yellow, <laughs> you know, from having all that smoke inside them. And you know, and you can buy replacement vol- ones, but <laughs> and you're smoking the volcano because it's like clean smoke, mm-hmm. and then you're like, the bag is this orange dirty inside. Ass bag. Like, yeah, dude. And now I'm finding myself buying fresh bags and buying fresh. I tried to yeah. clean my uh, my tube, my hookah tube this morning as well, and I'm glad I have a backup clean one. That yeah, they one. get you on the hook though for you know I have to keep coming back for more bags. Yeah, it's frustrating, but I guess. I I did like a I went down a Reddit hole of like volcano users and like what they do, mm-hmm. and you can apparently uh, buy turkey bags like the I, and I didn't even know that was a phrase that existed because <laughs> <laughs> they were like you could just use turkey bags and I'm like all right I'm gonna Google turkey bag because I've never heard like this a one. Ziploc bag for turkey it's like a big weird it's literally. Like a super long volcano bag that you would like cut yourself sure. to put a turkey inside of, but it's closed on one end. Yeah. 
So it's like you could just make a, a volcano bag of almost any size you want. Yeah. And it's cheaper than volcano. To mm. use, and the turkey bag is heat resistant because it's made to go in the oven, you know? So it's like it works. I've not yet to do it. I've, I'm still luck, uh, privileged enough to make a little bit of money and not have kids so that I could order fresh uh, volcano bags. Well, the volcano bags, they used to come like like in a long roll and you'd cut them up yourself. Oh, yeah. And but just that, that proved too. to be too too much trouble for me because, you know, you want it to be completely sealed up, right. you know, <laughs> like, like a balloon. So <laughs> I wasn't great at that. So I'm glad that they individualized them. But now just, I just move from device to device. You know, people send me nice things. I try to promote them use them on I, my socials and stuff yeah use them on can uh post some a video of you using them and like that's that's kind of you know you get a new bong and you're like you run that bong into and then you're like oh i got this bowl i love or like oh i i got a bunch of cones uh pre pre-rolled cones from somebody and i'm like i'll use these for a bit yeah, yeah it's just a non-stop parade of stuff coming my way that's a real benefit you have is like you know with cannabis like there's not they're not really allowed to pay you to advertise or anything like there's like these shady, but they're like, come by, we'll give you a fucking huge bag of cannabis. And then just <laughs> reference us every once, just tell your friends about how cool we are here. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> I've done some, you know, I've uh, worked with some companies where, you know, I got paid and not, you know, an actual money and not just weed, but, yeah. but it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's so strange. Cause it's still, nobody can really be like, Nobody can really buy national advertising for for whatever kind of weed thing they're selling, right? Because they're all just sort of stuck. Like that's one thing that's exciting to me is this company called uh, called uh, Chill Pipes. Uh, they uh, Chill Steel Pipes. They just make these bongs that are uh, made out of steel and ceramic, so they stay uh, cold on the inside. So you can like put ice in your bong water. And it makes for a nice cool hit. Ooh. And it stays cold. And yeah, it's just a nice nice thing. And they're nice, they're nice pipes in general. So they just sent me, they just made a deal with Tommy Chong, and uh they have an official uh Chong Bong. Oh, hell yeah. Where it's you know, designed by him. It's got kind of a cool style, and then um it's got like this embossed logo thing that says bong. Chong, Chong Bong, <laughs> Chong Bong, and uh, but it's just wild that you know he did time. You know he actually right. went to prison, <laughs> like took the rap. You know when his it was going to be him or his son, so he took the he took the heat, and uh, but he actually you know spent time in prison for selling cheap little bongs uh, over the internet that said um, had Tommy Chong logo on them. Like these just silly little, not even really practical uh, now, souvenir bongs just because, you know, somebody in Pennsylvania figured out that it was illegal to transport them in Pennsylvania. Ugh. And so he was, that's where he, his trial was and everything was, he had to fucking travel to Pennsylvania. Oh, that sucks. And then get that. incarcerated for a year. But, you know, most of his stories about being in prison were fairly popular. Like he was in, you know, minimum security. Right, uh, you know, one of those more like uh, 
yeah, Club you... Fed or whatever they call it. <laughs> you know, he was in with the guy that wrote Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, the guy that Balfour. lived it. <laughs> yeah. And it was Tommy Chong gave him the idea to write a book. <laughs> That's, That's pretty awesome. heavy, right? <laughs> they were like cellmates or something. So, That's hey, awesome. man, write a book, man. <laughs> so, uh, so Tommy now has a you know this tie-in with this company and is is just so openly selling these amazing high-tech bongs so it's nice to see that he's usually when something like that happens like a year or two after prison he's dead you know but right. he's but he's been you know he's still around i don't even know how old he is he yeah must those be, guys are doing must a be lot. pushing 80 those guys are doing a lot in the cannabis space too yeah. right it, but also like also just finding ways to expand like cheech is like super into the art world he has like his own museum somewhere oh that's awesome yeah he has an art museum and i want to say albuquerque but i'm not positive that's an amazing stoner job yeah yeah uh, I think about that a lot as the industry, as all the changes in the industry. I'm like, what job could I just like do baked as fuck all day long? Like, <laughs> like what job would I enjoy just being like super baked and doing? And uh, and the list is long. <laughs> like, right. but, uh, if if they don't if, uh, jobs that don't drug test drug test yet, like, uh, there's a lot that I think I would enjoy if you know. I can right, but also that you know. In their own way, even if they're not drug testing you, they'd still be a bummer. Right. Because you still have, you know, deadlines and stuff would still be too important. Yeah, it sucks. I guess I really hope that uh, podcasting lives forever. As I sip on my athletic greens, promo code MIGHTY. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it is a perfect, uh, I mean, I don't know about, I don't know if it always translates to the listener, you know, like sometimes... I worry that the listeners might, you know, think I'm too high or talking too slow, but I know I'm enjoying it. Yeah, no, I, it, I'm certainly enjoy it. My favorite thing is just talking to people about bullshit. And like, if people like listening to it, I feel honored <laughs> and privileged. Like I'm going to be doing this anyway. Hey, man. but you know, go ahead and turn it on and tune it out. You know, you can think about other things <laughs> yeah. while you listen to us talk. <laughs> I'm sure people who are listening to us talk right now are doing the dishes or fucking driving somewhere or something like that. That's when I do. If my I listen pod to podcasts, I, yeah, I, I mean, I when I do listen, it's because I'm on a long drive or a flight or something. But like, even then, I tend to go towards you know movies and TV and radio, right? Like all the stuff that's being more made for while you're traveling. Yeah, man. Oh, dude, edibles and an iPad with saved content not <laughs> like is like one of the traveling does not bother me anymore since that like i right? noise noise canceling headphones ipad with preloaded content and some edibles and i'll watch the night agent on a round trip flight to savannah you know with connections <laughs> hey that reminds me like how often do you just post a list of things that are good like that's you right yeah that's me like once a week i just post weekly like, yeah Wow, I would have thought it was more of a monthly jam based <laughs> on my, but you know, sometimes I forget, I forget to click over to following on Twitter. Like I'll leave it on the for you. Yes. Which is so often <laughs> not for me. I am always on for you these days as well because it's like I end up seeing a lot of the people I am following. Sure. But then I they also do get mix this, them in there. Yeah, yeah. And then you get a lot enough rando shit that like lets you get riled up or in like learn mm -hmm. about some other new facet. But I do forget to go to following every once in a while. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I find I like I found like 
I just there's oh in the last couple of weeks I've had like two different restaurants, two different strains of cannabis, and a couple of movies and shows I like. So let me shout that. Let me shout them all out. So it's okay. not on any schedule. No, it's not on no real schedule. It's almost usually it's like one thing that's really getting to me. Like I'm like man, I'm really loving beef, and I'm like all right, I gotta go talk about. Let me just go tell people beef rules. And I'm like, well, while I'm at it, I should just reference these other eight things I really liked recently too. Usually some driving thing that makes me want to post about it. And this is so just because you like the beef for dinner. Yeah, it's like, hey, it is what's for dinner, man. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about this Stephen Yu and Ali Wong Matthew series. McConaughey. <laughs> uh, you watched the whole thing already? Yeah. Now, okay, so when you are raving about a show like that or Night Agent or whatever on your your lists, um, I have finished it. You've done you. You never start raving after episode one or two. No, unless it's a show that is, you know, weekly and it's only been out episode right. two. Then right. I'm like, They're so far I'm loving this because I'm rarely current. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. rarely like that current. So like, if I'm happen to be caught, like I I was on jury duty, kind of currently that uh, that prime that freebie show that was mm-hmm. really fun. And so that one, I was like, I, I, I shouted out after like episode four because I was, I was riding with it hard at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was like, that was part of the fun of that show was like, even if they don't do a good job of ending this thing, I need to see it end. It's like a high speed car chase. Well, that's what I said. Like it could end really in a dumb manner. That's not exciting could just end but you just but i still got to be there when it happens i said to my it's so funny Doug. i said to my wife i said tiff i i know the court case is fake but i'm really curious what happens like like i really want to know who wins the trial and the trial is staged and i'm like i gotta know (laughs) and and i will say the show stuck the landing it It did because it's such a it also was a little ballsy to dedicate so much time to and here's how the sausage was made Right, I kind of like the peel back the curtain uh, mm-hmm. as the final episode, which I really enjoyed. I fucking like teared up when the judge was giving the speech about Ronald. <laughs> it was like... Well, that's the other thing is like you just there's no way to know scientifically if they would have come up with anywhere near as good a show with somebody other than that Ronald guy. No, he was like he was such a ended up being such a good guy, but not milk toast. Like not a pushover, not a pushover, not a total he was, sweetheart. He was interesting. <laughs> he was earnest, and he was an, duped. Like to be that, like he was mm-hmm. so real, but also accidentally got duped at the same time. Like yeah, he was bought in, and apparently he had like no social media or anything before, so that like uh, they thought that that was like that a good sign. Yeah, yeah, it's a good sign that he might not be plugged into who everyone is. That moment when he says. I showed him a Bug's Life this uh, weekend because uh, there's a character in the Bug's Life who's always making inventions and about the guy who has the chair pants. And yeah. Like, and that all happened like off camera. I think about the actor who plays the guy <laughs> with the chair pants who's like, oh my God, thank you so much. I to watch a fucking Bug's Life with this guy. <laughs> well, fortunately, he got to act like such a weirdo. He probably just was able to just sort of like stare at it and like not have a, you know. But keeping that up, like when the cameras are off and you're at the guy's house, like I don't think I could like off camera watch a movie with someone out without going like, yo, you know this whole fucking thing. <laughs> That's why I shouldn't be on the show. <laughs> that was part of the fun of that last episode was seeing those moments where the producers are just in the control area just losing their minds because yeah. the way things are going <laughs> right. the way they want them to or a way they didn't expect. It's hilarious. <laughs> 
Yeah, that uh, show is really good. And so do they attempt to do a season two? Like, do you fi- can they find another Rube? And would that person yeah. be as great as this guy ended There's up no being? way. There's no way. Like, I, it, he was just too perfect. The, the other thing I thought that they did well with the show, uh, and by the time this episode comes out, people are like, we're so tired of hearing about Jerry. <laughs> but the other thing I thought that they did really cool with the show was so much comedy didn't come from him. Right. Like, didn't rely on tricking him. It was like, he has a cr- he's breaking up with his girlfriend and has a crush on this new girl. And like, Ronald just gets to be like a witness and, a, yeah. and lightly interact. And then that way, he's not for, like, we get to just see how he reacts to other yeah. things that are uh well uh comedically written and acted so they're like kind of they're funny bits but then yeah he was able to tap on the soaking yeah like i'm not gonna jump on the bed (laughs) (laughs) but i can't wait to hear about it like he thought it was funny yeah Uh, i him (laughs) him taping james marsden's self-tape is like a very funny bit to be in like as a civilian to be like self-taping with like a real celebrity and he's right got, and he's you giving you see, notes yeah <laughs> the way he's getting into it <laughs> really like feeling it it was that 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 show like made me feel good which i which I, I like a lot i like that in a in some programming every once in a while yeah and they even had to kind of uh cover their uh footprints a little bit uh, production wise when the james mars and character went a little too hard on flipping the the birthday cake, yeah, because Ronald was like, "What this guy?" Like he, you could tell he was really losing all his respect for Marsden. I know they show him. <laughs> they show him in the reveal, be like, "Yo, tell him not to come back here. He's not welcome here." Yeah, <laughs> about yeah. a celebrity, like that's so fucking awesome. That makes him so unphony too. Like, and, yeah. and he's like, "I don't care who he is. Tell him I don't want him around this for this documentary anymore." So awesome. <laughs> And then he brought in a copy of Sex Drive for him to sign. <laughs> was, like the producers must have just been like, "This is unbelievable that we got." Dude, this lucky I realize where guy. I know you from. <laughs> Marsden is really funny in Sex Drive. Yes, he is good. I like Marsden. He's uh, he's up there. No, uh, this really the respect I have for him, like because the amount of times he had to come off as shitty or shifty. Uh, to Ronald and knowing what a good guy Ronald was, that was really yeah. He, that's he, like, something to pull off to to sell yourself out as like I'm a douchebag is is difficult to do, Espe- especially in like current Hollywood situations. Like no mm-hmm. one, no one of his caliber and above ever wants to come across as bad, like negative yeah. in any way. Like none of these guys even play villains. When The Rock played fucking Black Adam, it was like he's a bad guy, but in reality, we're on his side because he's a good guy. And you're mm-hmm. like, wait, okay. Like no one will play a villain. No one will look ugly. No one will have like yellow teeth as a character anymore. You know, like right. no one will be schlubby. So it's fun to see like Marsden play like uh, play. I'm a dick. You know what I mean? And and it's harder when he's attaching his name to it. He's not playing like uh, some dude in a yeah. Indie movie. Yeah. yeah. And he's a guy that doesn't want to take credit for a giant shit in a toilet. Like, <laughs> oh my God. like just the sort of thing that like the sort of stories you hear about celebrities. <laughs> And you're like, well, okay, that sounds like it could have happened, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Before we get out of here, Doug, before we get to some plugs, I just want to ask you, what is a – there's so much things that we talk about as stoners that, like, are – weed adds value to like some of our favorite stuff, movies, food, TV, all that shit. Like, like, weed adds – lets you enjoy it that much more, I always always find. But 
Is there is there an activity or something that maybe uh, someone who doesn't smoke or a, 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 cla- a more classic cliche stoner might not realize that pot elevates? Because for me, I'll just throw, I'll throw out my example is <laughs> okay. floating in the ocean. Oh, that's, that's like a one good of, one. That's like one of my favorite things to do, but it's even more fun to do when you're stoned. I, yeah, I would say so. Like it, you know, if you're if you're good at that sort of thing, I do like. I you know when I do most of the like more hair raising activities I've participated in, like skydiving and uh, you know bungee jumping and roller coasters. I I try to be very high for all of that. <laughs> oh man, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah, I no, skydived, I really... but I, I was before I started smoking weed. I'm curious. Yeah, that. no, I was uh, I was into weed enough that I was probably a little high when I. But also, you know, I did the tandem attached. Yeah, to I had a guy thing. on my back. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he does everything really. But... <laughs> they still really talk to you a lot. Like it's like you know, a few hours of being instructed. <laughs> yeah, and the heart <laughs> right. So that was, I definitely had to go find somewhere to get high after that. <laughs> That's what the vape is perfect. Finally, a reason to use my pen. Um, edibles made for skydiving. That's a great one. Yeah. I, and pretty much. Oh, can you imagine an edible kicking in like as you're falling? And you're like, wait, is this. <laughs> which is the strap? Which is, <laughs> is this part of the experience or did I do this to myself? You're a theme park person, right? You're I like, love it. Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's what I'm get, driving at. Also, I just got off. A triangle of sadness uh, cruise to Bermuda. Oh, <laughs> where you know it was like a good like uh, thirty six to forty eight hours of very hard rocking and people you know getting sick everywhere. Oh, and man. I just ever since I discovered being high on uh, ships, I've never I've never gotten seasick again. I do find pot settles your stomach. It too. really just and that might be like a psychosomatic for settles me. Settles it all. Like it's just such a great if I'm nauseous. I love, or, I love yeah. uh same with roller coasters. Like I'll go to a, with a non pot smoking friend to Six Flags and I'll be, you know, high on uh, edibles and they'll just be sober and I'll be like, go again, go again, go again. <laughs> and then they always reach a point where they're like, I can't <laughs> I'm, I'm too dizzy or whatever. Right. But it keeps your stomach uh, working on uh, on pot. On it keeps pot, it all. Just uh, It's really a, it's a nice one. So that would be one that I would say, but I talk about that all the time. I mean, any kind of experience, you know, concerts, movies, roller coasters. Yeah. Nature. <laughs> Nature. Like anything you like is, chances are, it's going to be elevated by doing it high. Yeah, unless you like really like crosswords or Sudoku or something like that. Although I do do my crosswords high. Yeah. I do like... I fly through Wordle. I'll <laughs> take a bong rip and do Wordle. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, it's that's the thing about smoking weed that I was just talking about with somebody that problem is that if you have a specific thing in mind to do when you're high and you get right into it after getting very high, you have a very good chance of being able to really focus, really get it done. Yes. But there's still that chance that you're just going to not be able to, like you're just going to walk away from it entirely because you'll have a new idea of something that you're suddenly focused on. Pick your movie before you get high. (laughs) Oh my God. 
Please. Every time I've gone to the theater high or the blockbuster video <laughs> or, or even Netflix, opened an app, yeah. Right. Anytime I go high, I just <laughs> then it just becomes. Isn't this fun looking at all these options? Right. Yeah. While I'm you, high, bro. Even like the food apps. Like I'll be on like fucking Postmates. Like, oh, that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. that would be awesome. And just an hour later, it's like, oh shit, two of those spots have closed. We gotta, yeah. we gotta choose. I can't now. make up my damn mind. <laughs> Yeah, I've always been, I mean, I've always been terrible at like, uh, especially with another person. If you go like to a video store with another person, oh, we're yeah. going to pick a movie. I'm. A, you're too worried about being too demanding it's or, yeah. All of it. It's just like too hard to figure it out unless you both just happen to love some goddamn movie that you're always up for. <laughs> right, right. There's always too many choices. Step Because that's the other thing again. is if you walked in and they said this or this. Right. You know, if it's like chicken or fish. You, you can know, solve it. Like then the, you go, well, we got to pick one. Then you get that diner menu in, placed in front of you, and you're like, no, there's too many fucking oh, choices. Diners like, are the worst. Because I like my girlfriend and I, we almost always share whatever we're having for dinner because we could either get you know two interesting things or right, right. It's way or just eat stuff. a more yeah. healthy portion of the one thing. <laughs> right. And uh, but yeah, the restaurants that have a million things, it's so frustrating when, so you, when you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people talk about, like, I think having a goal, having a path for once you get high is, it's fun to not, it's definitely fun, like, but if you wanted to do something, you kind of got to choose ahead of time. A uh, friend of the show, Pat Pat Walsh, he always says, get dressed in your gym clothes, then get high to go to the gym. Yeah. And then you look down, you're like, oh, right, I got my running sneakers on. Let me go, let me head to the Any gym. extra stages are an area where there could be a problem, where right. you could just find something more fascinating, more fun, because you still want to have fun. Like, that's why, like, working out, I can do it high because at least I'm listening to music or watching something on my phone. Right, right. So I'm still getting entertained while high, and then the workout is also happening. But I like to work out stoned, but I, I don't anymore because uh, weed is my carrot to make sure I work out. You know what right. I mean? Like, I'll be like, once you get back from the gym, you can blaze, dude. You're, you don't have shit to do today. Like, go, but go to the gym now, come back in 90 mm -hmm. minutes and you can blaze. Like, that's the rule I give myself. So I, so, but when I'm like, at a, ho like, if I'm staying at a hotel, I'll get high and then go like, look at my phone on the stationary bike or something like yeah. that. You know? Like, well, I, you know, that's why coming up with getting dug with high was, uh, was easy because it's like I like getting high for everything I do anyway. Right. <laughs> what if so I... having a show where the whole point is getting high just made things real easy. But then you know, every once in a while there'd be a day where I don't feel like getting that high. You know, <laughs> right. You're like, I and I do... have to take I that day. I want to do something after this, and instead you have to do the menorah bong with fucking <laughs> well you know the after thing is usually i didn't usually have too much of a problem with that but yeah it would wreck some days like especially if you just go home and then you're at home for a while before making your next move right if you're like you if i go directly to other things i can, you can keep the momentum you know i can be high as fuck and just go from thing to thing but as soon as a thing is just at home in front of the TV in a comfy chair or bed. Yeah, then you get, get it. inertia instead of momentum. You're like, now I don't want to leave. Well, yeah. what, an, what a perfect segue to plugs. It's almost as if you're a professional uh, recording. Oh, yeah, yeah, doing it. Talk to us a little bit about what, what you're doing these days, getting dug with high. Uh, getting dug, dug with movies. high is exclusively on Patreon for the uh, hilarious price of $4.20 a month. Fog, dude. I get it. Right? 
episode. Yeah. And uh but that's for a whole month, so that's like a dollar five an episode. That's not a bad not a bad deal. Yeah. But then if you're into the free shit, I still got shows that you've been on, uh Doug Loves Movies and Wide World of Dougs. Right, yes. <laughs> and um what else is there? And then I take all this stuff, various versions of these things out on tour. And all of my dates are at douglovesmovies.com. Yeah, go to douglovesmovies.com to find Doug's dates and uh, check him out if you get a chance to see him live. He's fucking funny as hell. Doug, thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you so much for mighty. having me. The, I mean, what a great excuse to have 439 guests bef- or 419 guests before me. Yeah, I man, it makes me feel less bad. <laughs> like, oh, wait, well, how come you haven't had me on yet? Yeah. Uh, I was all saving you. <laughs> 420. If we missed that, we were going to do seven years. <laughs> yeah, only, you just have to wait eight years into the podcast before I have you on. <laughs> yeah, so it's worked out nice. Usually this, people don't have a numerical excuse. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on. It was an honor to have you on the 420th episode. Uh, Perfect place to be. Hell yeah. My other podcasts are Action Boys at actionboys.biz. That's a Patreon podcast. And then uh, uh, check out 101 Places to Party Before You Die now on HBO Max. Still on HBO Max? I guess now saying that like a year later. But still on HBO Max. And we're trying to figure out how to get a second season aired. How many apps did you do? We did eight. So we have 93 more places to go before we die. I can't believe that they would... (laughs) You know, kind yeah, of, kind of maybe we should have called that. our shot so hard. I'm like, we're gonna do 101 of these bad boys. <laughs> I mean, doesn't it feel like they committed to the idea of 101? I was under the impression we would do more than eight. I felt like, <laughs> yeah, come on, at least try. <laughs> name, try change try the name of the think. show. <laughs> 93 more. Let's hashtag 93 more, man. Let's rebuild it. Come on, man. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, let's go. United 93. <laughs> or 92 in a movie <laughs> bye shitheads that was a headgum podcast in a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. See, I see. It's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> now... Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. (laughs) It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Well, there's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. <laughs> what? I don't hate them, but I pity the roommate. Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. 
to get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.